What's up, everyone, man? Welcome back to Off Beat Podcast. Happy 2023. We're so excited to be able to be here with you guys. Right here with my co-host. Hey, I'm Aaron Ortega. How's everybody doing? Man, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. And we have a special guest. And uh, Aaron, why don't you introduce our special guest today? Yes. Okay, I'm really excited because today I'm introducing a good friend of mine who I've known for a while. And her name is Cynthia Mesa. And so um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hey, guys. Thank you for having me, first of all. Yeah. Like Aaron said, my name is Cynthia Mesa. Um, I'm the firstborn daughter of immigrant teenage parents. All right. Let's go. Yeah. I live in East Highland, um, married to my high school sweetheart. I have three kids. Uh, how yeah. long have you guys been married? Oh, my gosh. He's gonna kill me for this. Twelve years. Twelve <laughs> years. Let's okay. Go. So you guys been married for twelve, and yeah. then uh, and you married us. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's right. Oh, that's, that's right. right. So you <laughs> married you married. The story does sound familiar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, uh, but you guys known each other for a long time. Oh yeah, we started dating when my baby sister was one, and she's twenty one now. Wow. Oh. Yeah. So we yeah, dated all through high school, college, and we got married after college. Wow. Yeah. wow. That's cool. Yeah. It's good. Okay. So and. Now, you're into, like, entrepreneurial, and this is one of the things I wanted to talk about with yeah. you, and we're excited about how, having yeah. you here, because you're actually our first female guest. Hopefully what, not what? the last one, you guys. <laughs> no. <laughs> not <be> the last <laughs> one. <laughs> but, yeah, like, tell us a little bit about your entrepreneurial, and, I mean, you actually come from a family of entrepreneurs. I do. Right? I do, you yeah. You want to tell us about what your family... Yeah, let's talk about it. So, like I said, um, immigrant parents. My dad's from Honduras. My mom's my mom's from Mexico, and they actually met each other at my mom's. Um, so her grandma was did something in the fashion industry. So they they dealt with um, fabrics. Okay. And my dad came from Honduras and started working there and met my mom there. Oh. So you know. Um, the owner's granddaughter. My dad comes from a long lineage of entrepreneurs. Um, his dad's actually, his family's actually very wealthy, and he's the, he's the youngest son and was shipped off to America because he got in trouble. Oh, uh, yeah. So uh, America was his punishment. Yes. Well, he, <laughs> it was an actual punishment because he went from being like a boss and telling people what to do and just, you know, like people knew who he was in his name to having to come here and work. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So that was his punishment. Oh, that was <laughs> interesting. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. the. That's yeah. Uh, yeah. I can totally yeah. see what you're saying. That's like, a. Yeah. yeah. That's a cool story because usually, usually you hear about you know the other side of of immigrants when they come here to the United States. It's usually because they're coming to seek a better life. Mm-hmm. But in the in the situation of your dad, he was actually s- there, he had a good life in yeah, Honduras. Yeah, he did. Mm-hmm. And then he was actually brought over here as like, okay, you're not getting it together over here. Yeah. All right. We'll see how it is in America. Yeah, just like teenager, out of control, money, power, girls, right? So they send him to L.A. where his brother was living. And when he left his home, it was like, you're out of my home. You're on your own. Like, you're a man. Wow. So he had to work and, like, do things that he never thought he'd have to do. Wow. And so then they met. They hooked up. They got married. Yeah, my mom got pregnant. Um, My dad was 18. My mom was 16. Oh, okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So (laughs) they got married, and I'm the oldest of eight. 
Oh, so you're the okay. firstborn. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Now, okay. So now, does your siblings do? Are they? Do they do entrepreneurial as well? They do. We all eight of us are. So growing up, and I think I was just telling you about this. Growing up, I grew up in East LA, and my parents were very adamant about us not knowing anything about like the gang culture okay. yeah because that's what i was gonna ask mm-hmm. east la as east soon LA as you told me hardcore. east la oh, no. man i i it took me to american me oh, took no. me to blood <laughs> in blood out because east in, la east yeah. los, east los, east los, los yeah. that's we nice. lived in a bubble like we weren't even allowed to wear certain brands <laughs> yeah. so oh, i remember <laughs> moving we moved out of la and came to the ie freshman year in high school so I remember coming to LA, coming to the IE, and people were asking, "Where are you from?" First week here, I got jumped. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, gosh, you got jumped. What, I did. What years was was this? Um, two thousand and two, I want to say. Okay. So I graduated yeah. two thousand and five. That was big rival, big yeah, rivalry big. back then. Yeah, yeah that's big. Yeah, uh, yeah. LA, LA folks, time, IE. Okay, let's I talk knew, about you getting jumped. How I did knew, that work? I knew yeah. nothing about this. Like again, in a bubble. Like, we were allowed to wear, like, all, like, Roxy, O'Neal, just, like, very, like, surf white brands. Yeah, yeah. So my parents <laughs> wanted nothing to do with, like, the East L.A., yeah. like, gang culture. And Davis, Dickies, None of Converse. It. Yeah. <laughs> so I come, I come to the IE, and people are like, oh, where are you from? I'm like, oh, I'm from L.A. Just, like, a very innocent conversation, not knowing that where are you from meant, like, what gang or yeah, what like, affiliation, like what right? Yeah. yeah. So... I started school on a Tuesday. On next Monday, I get jumped. And it traveled. The word traveled quick. Yeah, like, like this yeah. girl's representing LA. I'm like, what? And ah. and again, so naive. I remember someone in class being like, "Where are you from?" Like they're saying you're from LA. I'm like, I am from LA. Like I just moved here <laughs> from LA. <laughs> just completely oblivious. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So when you got jumped, can I just ask uh, just a few questions about that? But when you got jumped, like what was going through your head when they were? Okay. <laughs> this is where yeah takes, walk like, us through walk spin. us through i get jumped i grew up in a home where my dad was like you will never start anything okay you will never be the cause of a fight you will never i'm never going to hear a teacher say like she started yeah but you are going to finish it and if you don't you're going to get it when you come home okay oh so they jumped <laughs> they jumped me and i beat up this girl Oh, like so I de- okay. So I you got okay. Yeah, okay. Oh, so all right. So you held your ground. You defended your leg. Yeah, I defended myself. That's what's <laughs> so up. I was like, oh no, yeah. no, no, no! You're not gonna hit me. You oh, know? okay. So and then did, from there on, did you get like the respect or? Absolutely. Which oh. I didn't understand. They're like, oh, she beat up this girl. So and so and who? Yeah, yeah, and I'm like, okay, like I wasn't trying to fight. I was just defending New myself. New champion. Yeah. And then she got from East Los, right? She got kicked out of school. And I was all through high school, all through middle school, I was a straight-A student. So I got no punishment. Looking back on it, I'm like, yeah. well, that's kind of unfair, <laughs> but whatever. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Hey, that's so crazy. that just, like, Well, and then plus you didn't start it. Yeah, I didn't. No, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I was walking home. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, and that's so, usually how it would go. Like, I remember growing up, too. Like, it was usually the one who started it, you know, was usually the yeah. one with the greater yeah, punishment. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so that just set off, like, my whole high school career. I was like, yeah. welcome to the IE. Yeah. Your oh, you're from L.A. <laughs> that is Which an actual thing. A complete culture shock. Yeah. My middle school in L.A. was predominantly Hispanics and like a few sh- like white kids. Okay. I think there was like one black kid. Okay. Then I start going to Rialto High School. And oh, it's yeah. like the majority were black kids. Yeah, black. Oh, yeah. yeah. We all high. Yeah. I just right. remember just fully being like in shock. Like, okay. 
Where, where am I at? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. Oh, exactly. Yeah. So, and what was it like for you, and for you being the oldest, and like raised, like, what was it like to have siblings growing up, like? So, I come again, just very high expectations. Okay. Bs were not good enough, like a a minus. Like my parents were questioning why why did you have an A minus? Yeah. You know, so like. The expectation was like you're going to be the best and the best only, and if you don't, if it's not the best, I don't even want to see it. Ooh. So, like the overachiever in me, high like all time yeah. high. And I can kind of see that because of your dad coming from that, um, you know, yeah. high class in in Honduras. Yeah. He, I'm sure they were educated. I'm sure you know, being Actually, coming from a no. family. My parent, my dad doesn't come from an oh, educated okay. family. Oh, okay. So just entrepreneur. Just um. All of his family, just like dairy, cattle, just a lot of land. Okay, owners, yeah. okay. So they were wealthy in that sense. Mm -hmm. In that, okay. And my mom comes from Guadalajara, and they moved from from Mexico to the U.S. They had like visas. She would come and travel to the to um to America and go to Disneyland on vacation. Her dad was okay. an engineer. Oh, wow. When the economy collapsed in Mexico, he became an alcoholic, and then they moved here. Wow. Oh, okay, gotcha. Okay. So yeah. that, yeah, because that, cause that's what I was going to ask when I was asking about your dad. And then, so he had his expectations, but your mom, she also came from yeah. an educated yeah. background. Mm -hmm. So that's where. Oh, yeah. So just very high expectations. Um, you know, perfect student. I would come home and I was a second mom. Okay. You know, cook, clean, take care of kids. Just that, yeah. that's, that was always my childhood. So, so you had. I'm sorry. No, so ahead, you man. so you had both sides of the expectation because that's very typical in in Hispanic families mm -hmm. is is either you get one side and that's why I love hearing this side of the story because typically when you see an immigrant uh, family, you know, migrate here to the United States, their only goal is look just do better than me. Yeah. But when you get the, uh, like on in your situation, you got both sides where it's like no, no, no. We've we've accomplished much yeah. in our country. You know, we've seen the wow. upside in our own country. We're going to move to this country, but we're going to we expect both from you, the education, but also that side where, like, you're the biggest sister. You're going to yeah, also be like the second yeah. mom. Mm -hmm. wow. yeah. That's interesting. I, I have like a theory about like generational immigrants. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times like, a little bit what he said about also oftentimes there's like a first generation is survival. And that's the typical mindset. We we landed here. We stick together. We stick to those who are in the same pace as us. Yeah. Survival pace. Yeah. So you normally get that through first and second generation, and then kind of like a little bit, but then second and third start to get education, and we're like hoping from they want to move the family from surviving to thriving. Thriving. Yeah. yeah. But then I also believe that third and fourth generation and up is more a family of opportunity. And my my family dynamic is different in that my parents were able to accomplish that from kid one up to kid eight. Wow. So, like, my childhood, the way I grew up is vastly different from that of, like, my younger siblings. Okay. Yeah. Um, my parents, again, they got married really young. My mom experienced utmost poverty here in the U.S. Yeah. Okay. So she got to live a really wealthy private school life in Mexico, moves to the U.S., and they're living, like, in a garage. Yeah. But it's not even a garage, like a shed. Wow. Yeah, just like very poor. My mom gets pregnant with my with her third kid. I think at that time she was probably like 19 and her mom passes away. Oh so my wow. grandma was my age when she passed away. Oh. She's 34 years old. Wow. And was she oh, was uh, so was young. she here? Or was she in Mexico? No, she was here. They had all moved here. Um she had just ha 
given birth to a baby and a blood clot made its way to her lungs and she oh passed away. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, that's so like and really interesting. Yeah. So you were young when that happened. Too. Oh yeah, I was yeah. a baby. Yeah. My mom was six. My mom was nineteen. You know. Nineteen yeah. years so old, having a third kid. Mm-hmm. Third Crazy. kid, and now and she's the oldest too. So now her mom passes away, and she's having to raise her kids and help her dad raise seven kids. Wow. Uh, you know what? And that's one thing. Shout out. Shout out to, to um, na- you know, new school moms, but uh, old school moms. A hundred percent. Old school mamas. Like, we talk a lot. There's a lot in the culture real famous. Like, you know, like, you know, like, la Luchona vibes. Mm-hmm. Like, man, um, some of our moms, man, uh, they were tough. Oh, yeah. My mom is my idol. Like, yeah. it's, my, it's God, and then it's my mother. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> that's awesome. Get, get Jenny yeah. Rivera, huh? Oh, like yo, no. My what's, mom. what's your mom's name? Veronica. Veronica. Shout yeah, out to Veronica. Veronica. Yeah. Oh, she, she's, she's my confidant, my best friend. Like, my, I was just telling him, like, yeah. dude, I'm totally your mom's girl. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so then, you now, okay, so it like there's like it sounds like your parents, I want us to be honest. It sounds like that's a lot of pressure for Oh, yeah, a kid. absolutely. So there's pressure. You have middle school, you have high school, and high school alone already has drama mm-hmm. itself. Yeah. Um, what was your atmosphere in growing up in that? And, like, you have pressure coming for your, your intellect, yeah. your education, right? Then you have, like, you're still changing, and you're going through physical changes. Yeah. You're going through, you know social changes and all these developments that's happening. What was that like for you? I, when I described who I was in high school, it's, I didn't care. Like, I had one goal in mind, and that was when I graduate high school, I'm moving back to L.A. Like, I don't want to live in this, like, Budong City where it's, like, 100 degrees every day. Like, (laughs) I'm getting out of here, you know? Yeah. So, I never went to parties. Like, parties were not, I, I wasn't interested in parties. I wasn't interested in any of that. Like, I wanted to get out of high school, and that was it. Mm-hmm. I never understood, like, the whole party scene. Like, kids were like, oh, come kick it at my house. I'm like, why? why? I got my own house. I can yeah. go kick it at my house <laughs> where we can blast the AC as long as we want, you know? Yeah. So it was just nothing. It was not something I was interested in. And I think also seeing how hard my parents worked. Yeah. I always had that over me. Like, I don't want to disappoint my parents. Yeah. Wow. And then, you know, I grew up constantly hearing, like, what you do, your siblings will follow. Mm. So just constantly, like, no, like, I've got to, like, set the example. Yeah. Oh, I love that. So it sounds like you, and, and that's cool because it sounds like you were very, you were, and, and you grew up with uh, a certain confidence. Mm-hmm. You had a confidence in you. And, and it sounds like that what really was attributed to your parents. Oh, absolutely. And so, so would they would they speak that into you? Oh yeah, from a young age, like you can do whatever you want. Like just there's no limit to what you can accomplish. Yeah. You know, and then they were both entrepreneurs. So our whole lives, my parents have been entrepreneurs. Like I don't. I think when 9/11 happened, my mm-hmm. dad got a job at like a warehouse. Okay. And it was brief. Yeah. Like my dad is not a good employee. and most entrepreneurs are not we're not no it's like because you can't you put it these people in a bubble yeah and it doesn't feel good yeah yeah you're absolutely absolutely (laughs) i don't like it no it's so true and then this is gonna sound awful but you give a latino power and they treat the people below them yeah you know especially like in that warehouse and this is not to say that everyone does that but that was just the experience 
for them every time they attempted to get a job, you know? So they were entrepreneurs their whole lives. And their thing was, we we have so many kids, minimum wage cannot afford to give you guys a decent life, you know? So that's what I grew up with. So growing up, my parents were always with us. And what what kind of um, endeavors did you see your parents um, start as entrepreneurs? My par- my dad has always sold cars, always. Okay. Like okay. in L.A., um, we moved to the IE, he s- selling cars. He would sell them in the street, so he would flip cars. Okay. He didn't open up his dealership till I think it was my freshman year in college. Okay, so this is uh, Master's Autos? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, but his whole life he supported us selling cars, Flipping cars. Them. Yeah. And then my mom did, my mom and my dad together did an MLM, and again, very driven, just very charismatic people. They did very well for a long yeah. time. Wow. They actually used that money to fund the dealership. Okay. Nice. And then in the in, in between that, you know, just being entrepreneurs yourselves, you know, you have high seasons, you have low seasons. Yeah. And in between that, we did everything. I remember going to like laundry mo- laundry places with my mom and like selling t-shirts. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, selling food. Going to like the swap me and like getting stuff and flipping it. Yeah, dude, your you parents know? were hustlers, and, and this bro. This was like before I That's was even tight. twelve. Oh yeah, we they hustled yeah. their whole life, which wow. is why we're all hustlers. I I, I love that. Yeah, I, and I that's kind of like a story like, like today's new school flip is like uh, getting products and then selling it on Amazon. Yeah. yeah. But like Latinos were doing that swap me oh, for a long yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> swap me was a spot. Yeah, uh, exactly. And I, I grew up in downtown LA, so we'd go to downtown LA and just like deliver product. Like, oh, so and so bought this. Yeah. And my mom's just like delivering product in like warehouses, you know. Wow, yeah. that's tight, man. That's amazing, man. That's yeah, tight. Like, I had my first like business, and I, I remember this so well because I, I think it was the first time where I felt seen by a teacher. Mm-hmm. It was fourth grade, Mrs. Negrete. Shout out to her. She's still <laughs> alive. Um, and I remember I would go to L.A. And at that time, these like little sugar, like lollipops that were shaped into like butterflies or unicorns were all the rave with like the fourth graders. I remember I would go to, I would tell my mom, mom, take me to L.A. to go buy some. And I would go and buy like these like big containers of them. And you could buy them at the store for 25 cents, but I would sell them to my classmates for 75 cents. Oh, and then I, re- this. And I remember <laughs> kids being like, they're 25 cents at the store. I'm like, well, then go to the store. <laughs> you know, if you want it right now, it's 75 cents. <laughs> <laughs> and this, and Supply I, and demand. Yeah. <laughs> and this teacher saw this, and then she she made a space. So every day before um, before recess, she would set, set apart like 10 minutes. All right, you guys, you have 10 minutes to like do your business. And we would like, hey, like some girls like selling erasers, like you know, or we were like trade. And Dang. then that was like the first we need, time. We need more teachers like that. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. I would. Yeah, that sounds like a. So that was your first taste of like entrepreneurship. Yeah, you I were like you were like trading and, mm-hmm. and selling. Cause you, yeah, because yeah. you were seeing your parents do mm-hmm. it, but it was just kind of like, okay, that's what they do. Yeah. But then when you were able to be given an opportunity like that. Which yeah, because technically it was illegal, right? Like you're not allowed to sell <laughs> things in class <laughs> in school. So her thing was like, well, I don't want you to do it during recess because you can get in trouble. So I'm going to give you guys 10 minutes before recess yeah. and you can do this. And if you don't want to be here, you can go to recess. Yeah. So like all the little entrepreneurs would stay <laughs> oh and like God. do this. Yeah, that's and so dope, cool, man. Yeah. And yeah. I did a version of that all through high school and all through college. Well, you know, it's just interesting because I find – the reason why I find all this interesting is because I think there has been so much um, 
you're 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 an immigrant. You have a sibling behind you. Yeah. Um, you're watching your parents hustle, and they're not they're not like they're not like settling where they're at. Oh no. They're yeah. they're no. looking to thrive. And even this now, like with the success that they have, they're constantly they're still like keep, working. They're, and they're still yeah. moving. Oh yeah. Okay, so yeah. then yeah. let me ask you this then. What what are you what are you well, like you and your husband, right? Mm-hmm. You guys work together? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what's your guys' businesses? businesses? Yeah, businesses. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. so let's so yeah, name all those. Both John, my husband's name is Johnny. Johnny both both Johnny and I w- both went to um, Cal Poly. So okay. we're Cal Poly alumni. He graduated in architecture. I majored in hospitality with an emphasis in culinary arts and a second major in entrepreneurship. We graduate in 2010. We get jobs. During this time, the economy was trash. I don't know if you guys yeah, recall that. Yeah, I remember yeah, that. Yeah. So if you had a job, if you had a job offer after college, it was like a big deal. Yeah. So we get jobs. We get married. We move to Orange County. We work in our fields for a bit. And then re- we soon realize, like, wait, this is especially me. You know, it's like, oh, this is not this what I signed up for. Like, yeah. this is not what I want to do. I remember my parents saying, like, hey, we're going to go on vacation. Come. We're like, well, I can't. I've got yeah. to ask for time off. Yeah. You know, my parents, it was so foreign to my parents. They're like, just, just, just go. go. <laughs> and I'm like, Come mom, it, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> right. So I think What's we, PTO? Yeah, right? <laughs> and then just my personality wasn't conducive to, like, corporate and climbing the ladder and, like, corporate what's the right word <laughs> just like dynamic yeah, like yeah. my personal personality wasn't conducive to that so i think we worked for two years and then we moved to colton we like okay. left everything bought a house in colton and started our first business there so my husband became a photographer so he was the talent i got the work okay and that's kind of the dynamic we've had with all of our businesses we currently owned um craft coffee and dessert carts so we pop up at events um a lot of a lot of where our business has gone is experiential marketing and brand activations. Okay. So I, we work with brands to like put up events for influencers, staff, yeah. brand recognition. That's just where we're moving our business. Wow. But again, like my husband does all the operations, and I do. I'm the one who brings in the business. That's dope. That's man. so cool. That's I I've always been fascinated by that because yeah. when I I remember. Uh, you know, just I grew up with them, and I remember just seeing them like, "Oh, well, I'm starting this, and I'm starting that," and it's yeah. like, I, I, I think we need to talk about something though. Like, there is, I think the idea of entrepreneur is so fascinating mm-hmm. for a lot of people. They're yeah. like, "Oh, you have all this time. <laughs> oh, you have, you know, yeah. like you yeah. just you're in, and it sounds like you're in full control." But how about you tell us or and our audience? What's the biggest challenge of being an entrepreneur? Yeah. Okay, so my challenges are going to be different than the challenges of, like, a 21-year-old who doesn't okay. have family. Fair enough. I have three kids, seven, four, eight. He turned eight last week. Eight, four, and two. Okay. Oh, so we homeschool all, all three of okay, our kids. Okay, and you homeschool. I homeschool, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I'm a full-time stay-at-home mom, full-time homeschooling mom, and full-time work-from-home mom. Holy wow. shit. Let's go. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, so tell us the challenge. The challenges are different. I f- we find that we do a lot of the bulk of our work when our kids are napping, when our kids are sleeping. Yeah. So you find me going to bed at 1, 2 in the morning. Wow. Yeah. And then my kids are up at 6 in the morning. Wow. You know? So 
there's never enough time and there's never where I feel like a lot of the challenges come it's like my husband and I just like our relationship and our yeah. marriage as husband and wife uh-huh. and not just like parents and like business owners wow just okay. having to be really intentional and finding pockets and very limited amount of time yeah yeah, yeah and that's and, and and I'm glad you bring that out because I know our audience uh, there's a lot of people that are probably in entrepreneurship or or thinking about entrepreneurship and and that's part of like counting the cost mm-hmm. is is understanding that you know that is going to be one of the biggest challenges yeah. is time management mm-hmm. you know and how everything you know and i think that's one of the biggest um i don't want to say mistakes but yeah. i think the biggest challenges that people that go from a 9 to 5 yeah. and they go into entrepreneurship i think that's one of the biggest culture shocks yeah. the biggest shocks is because you're used to everything being in schedule you're used to going into a desk into an office you're into or a store or a warehouse and and having very defined tasks right like this is what you're going to do in these hours right and this is what we're expecting of these hours yeah but when you're in control of those hours it is so easy to just like oh i'm going to create content and four hours later i'm still creating content yeah you know and it's like oh i was supposed to take 30 minutes doing that so in eight eight hours eight hours in a typical job can easily be translated into twelve, fifteen, sixteen hours. Yeah. In an entrepreneur's mm-hmm. life, and a lot of people don't realize it that they think I think I I don't know if I might be wrong. You guys can like correct me if I'm wrong, but I think a lot of people think that entrepreneurs are the most creative people, mm-hmm. and I think that's true to a certain degree, but that's not the case here. I think. Um, you have to know how to create work, yeah. Because going to nine to five is the creative work for you, yeah. And so it, and I think a lot of times, um, people that go into this industry, you have to say, okay, you ha- if you don't have the discipline, you don't have the focus, and you don't have the motivation to move forward in yeah. this, you're not gonna see this business grow, yeah, grow and multiply. Which, yeah. Because that's what I, I think an entrepreneur wants to multiply. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wants to have different multiplications of different spots. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I think that's because then that's that kind of alleviates time for you. Um, but yeah, that's so interesting. Yeah. And so, did you? Okay, so you did mention like, does it put a lot of pressure on your relationship with your husband or like on your family? Or we have to be very intentional about. Okay, this is time of just you and I are just husband and wife right now. Okay. Yeah. We're not parents to our kids. We're not talking about homeschool curriculum. We're not talking about employees. We're not talking about the next job. Mm. It's like right now we just have to focus on us and like figure out how to have a conversation that's just husband and wife. Because it's so easy to, hey, like I'm talking to this brand and we're going to get this job. Right. You know, or we need to hire more people to take on this. It's so easy to just like. It kind of like neglects your your marriage. Oh, absolutely. The person, yeah. Mm -hmm. I have a question for. Why did you decide to do um, homeschool? It, like, it works as chaotic as it sounds. It works with our lifestyle. So the bulk of our work is done on the weekend. So our work starts, our work prep starts on a Thursday, and mm-hmm. we're doing the bulk of our work Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Wow. Okay. So Monday becomes our weekend. If we're sending our, our kids to school six, seven hours a day, we're not seeing them. And then when you're supposed to see them on the weekends, we're working all day. That makes yeah. total sense. I love that too, man, because it, it just really goes to show that 
you know, as entrepreneurs, you really also have to be willing to, um, how would you say, not live in the traditional. Mm -hmm. You know, it it really, you know, like you said, I love that because that's so true. I think we're kind of similar. Mondays are usually our chill days. Mm -hmm. You know, it becomes kind of like our Saturday or Sunday. And in that sense, because, you know, and a lot of times people aren't willing to do that. Yeah. A lot of people that they're, you know, if they're young entrepreneurs or they're starting off or they're coming from that nine to five culture, a lot of times it's like, no, 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 no. My Fridays, Saturdays and Sundays don't touch. Yeah. Don't touch. And it's like, well, no, it's like in the beginning, dude, you're going to be the receptionist. Mm-hmm. You're going to be the accountant. You're going to be the customer service. Yeah. You're going to be the claims adjuster. You're going to be like, you know, everything, everything. And if you're not willing to answer those text messages when needed, if you're not willing to make those phone calls or answer those phone calls when needed, you know, you're not you're you're missing the point that you're providing a service for others. And there's there's seasons for everything. Right. So when we started our newest business, it was just go, 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 go. We're laser focused. We're working 24-7 and finding pockets in between that time to serve our kids, to homeschool, to do, to be a family. But with a mission, like growth is the goal. Once you hit that goal, it, con- it, it all of a sudden becomes, okay, we, we, we can scale back a little with the work and have our employees take over. Yeah. But if you miss that season of, you know, just like hustle, you don't get to the season of, hey, I can just send out people to do the work. And that's really, that's, that's really what I see as that's the, where the term work hard, play hard, like that's that, how that term truly translates for me. Like what you're saying right now. How do you measure growth personally in your guys's? For me, it's money. money. I mean, I got three kids to feed. It's money. Wow. Like how did we do last month? You know, okay. compared yeah. to this month, that's one of the ways we measure uh, sales. You know, now, do you, when you when you feel like you didn't, uh, let's say like your goal, like money, right? Mm-hmm. Let's just say you didn't reach your financial uh, budget or your your financial goal. Yeah. Um, does how how do you react to that? Now this this version of me now goes back to okay, what did we miss. Um, okay. How did we outreach to potential clients? Mm-hmm. What happened? Or is it a holiday season? Was it a shorter month? We look at all of that. Old me would have just like beaten myself up and been like, I'm not good enough. Like I messed wow. this up. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's so good. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Yeah. How did you mm-hmm. can we talk about that characteristic growth? Oh yeah. Um, yeah. how did you process, how did you get from there to here now? So I had a baby, my last baby in 2020. <clears throat> And I almost died. I lost half of my blood volume giving birth to her. Oh I was on bed rest for a month. And I remember just being happy to be with my baby. But everything outside of my baby was just like, it was work. You know, just like I had to encourage myself to like get up and brush my teeth. Was it like a burden? I didn't see it then, but it was just like a deep, deep depression. Okay. I had never dealt with depression or like mental health, yeah. so I, I didn't see it. My mom recognized it, which is why they were so, so we live with my parents now. Okay. They, they were so adamant, like, come live with us. Like, we have all this room. Their house is 4,000 square feet. You know, they're like, come live with <laughs> it's us. It's a beautiful home. Yeah. Yeah. Can I go live? Right? <laughs> it is so awesome. Yeah. I love it. I love their neighborhood. Awesome. Yeah. So we, we, we moved in with them. 
and my mom literally took care of me like I was a baby. Just like making sure that all my needs were met because for so long, all I did was serve and give, 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 give. And when I needed to be served, I didn't know how. I didn't know how to ask for help. I didn't know how to be taken care of because all I did was like hustle. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah, you've been doing it since a little girl. Yeah. Yeah. You're the oldest. I'm the oldest. And there's a pressure. And my worth worth was so tied up in my success. Your performance. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like numbers, metrics. Oh, yeah. You know, like that's just like where my worth was wrapped up. And when I needed when I needed to rest, when I needed to give things up, just felt like failure. Yeah. Before I had my daughter. So I'm a content creator. So I was working with brands left and right, like bringing in crazy money yeah (laughs) you know working as an influencer and then i had a network marketing team where i was leading 700 people wow i have my baby and i literally have to like force myself to brush my teeth yeah so i didn't have anything to anything to give so having to scale back in that season felt like i was quitting felt like i'm such a failure like i'm quitting i'm giving up yeah moving in with my parents gave me the ability to see you need to be healthy. Like you need to get back to a healthy place where you're excited to wake up in the morning and you're just not looking forward to nighttime to go back to sleep. Yeah, that's, you know? that's, I, and I feel like I can, um, in that sense, um, I feel like we can relate so much to that mm-hmm. because I myself, I'm, I'm like that. Yeah. I've, uh, your worth is going to be tied to numbers. Accolade. It's going to be tied to how you're performing. And I feel, I think a lot of people, and I think that, do you do you think and it's just a question I could be wrong but do you feel that that pressure is just your personality or do you feel that you felt that pressure more because you were a woman entrepreneur It's a combination of it all yeah, yeah. and then just the way I was raised too Yeah you know if I brought home an A that wasn't good enough it was mm. like you had to have an A plus Yeah you're graduating college in 4 years why are you wha- why is it only one major and not two Yeah you know just do you, constant. do you appreciate that I do. I do because it created that drive. You know, people sometimes sometimes ask, like, how do you do it all? I, I don't know. I just get it done. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and I feel sane like doing it. it, it just, I, it's like your nature. It's my nature. Yeah. Like, I literally, I, I can't put words into it. Like, I've had people say, like, oh, create, like, e-books or e-guides. I'm like, I don't know how. <laughs> because everything is so you're natural. You're just doing it. Yeah. It almost sounds like you're you're not. You're not overthinking it. You're just going to execute it. I just do, yeah. Yeah. And I think it's a personality thing, right? Like, better yeah. done than not done. Yeah, okay. Where you have people who are like, if I'm going to do it, it's going to get done right the first time. Yeah. And for me, it's like, I'll get it done, and I'll figure out the, you yeah. know. <laughs> so you, it sounded like when you had your, your, your baby, and, like, when you, you were saying that in a deep depression. Oh, yeah. Um, that really changed something. It, it made me realize I don't, I don't want to go back to that. So I gave up, I think I cut my content creating work by like 70%. Oh I remember wow. like messaging brands and being like, I'm not going to complete that contract. I'm not going to complete this one. I'm not wow. taking that one on. Mm. Same thing with my network marketing team. I said, hey, I, I have nothing to give. I'm stepping away. Yeah. But you kind of had to come to realization of your capacity. Yeah. And so I think, is, is that like a lesson to, to teach people that want to come out knowing your capacity? Yes, and just being okay with asking for help. I I think yeah. right. my whole life I took asking for help as a weak a sign of weakness. Sign of weakness, yeah. Yeah, and there's so much wrapped up in that. There's like childhood trauma that attributes to that. 
of just like I can stand on my own two feet and I don't need anyone to help me. Yeah. You think that's a I I don't know. I could be wrong, but I actually feel like that's like an like a normal society concept. Like where most people think like that. In the entrepreneur sector, yes. Yes. Okay. It's like it's the hustle and grind culture, right? Right. Yeah. 100%. Like, I get it. Yeah, like yeah, yeah we want to um and I look uh, we want to appear that we're having success, mm -hmm. you know, and I think that's very important in today's culture yeah. is that's why, you know, s that's what drives social media. That's mm -hmm. what drives all these um, different different sites that we're we're living in today is, yeah. you know, we want to show the best appearance that we can. And, and, it, and at a certain point, it's good. But I love how you're coming so transparent with your yeah. story that you did come to a point where, you know, you didn't know it at that moment, but you were depressed. Yeah. You were depressed. Severely depressed. You know, wow. and, and your I mental. didn't know it. Yeah. Now, it also, too, I'm sorry if we're anchoring here. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> so, because I, I, I guess I'm just really curious because there, like, I've known Cynthia for some time. Yeah. And I can tell you there's different Cynthia's I know. <laughs> and that should be, and I hope that that should be appreciated because, oh, yeah. like, some people only treat Cynthia 2010 Cynthia. But, like, I can see the present Cynthia. Mm -hmm. And, like, before there was, like, this, there was this, like, you were kind of, like, I've always, if you had a spirit animal, I would say that your spirit animal, animal is like a bull. <laughs> and once you, you put red in front of her, homegirl is going to run you over, no one stopping her. Yeah. Yeah. But now it doesn't seem like, you seem like you're more like a tame. You're mm -hmm. tame. Yeah. And, like, I, I'm so curious because... Like you're now choosing the quality you want, mm -hmm. yeah. And and I think that's such an incredible, like, endeavor, like a uh, uh, a milestone. I would say I don't know. Yeah, and I think when you know moving into my parents' home, giving up like this like aesthetic home that I'm like portraying on social media. You know, I had my babies on bed rest for a month, put on forty two pounds in a month. You know, I come out of that and like my body's completely different. Um, just the way I feel about life is different. My drive is different. It's no longer there. So it was very humbling to, okay. to wow. all of a sudden come out of this like season. And what I'm presenting to the world is, hey, like I live, I'm 35 years old and I'm living at my parents' house. Yeah. And our society associates that, associates that with failure. I, I remember even you asking like, hey, do you mind if I ask? Is it like a financial thing? <laughs> and I was like, no, like finances yeah. are perfectly fine. Yeah. But, you know, our society doesn't recognize, hey, like this mom really needed help. Yeah. This mom was barely surviving and my mom saw that. Like my mom saw that need. Wow. Yeah. And like it makes me, <laughs> it makes me teary because I'm, I can't even imagine where I would be without this season of just like being able to like dream and like not have to like be pushed by adrenaline and like survival you that's know because like that's that's what i was like living off of yeah and yeah. then i come into my parents home and my parents are like rest wow you know just rest like all you have to worry about is resting and like be with your babies and that's so and that's so cool that that's so cool it's a blessing, and it's I know it's it one is. that not many people have. Yeah, you know? but I think that's why it's so important that, and I think that's a message that that needs to be spoken into young entrepreneurs that you need to stop thinking that you have to do things alone. Yeah, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe a lot of people don't have 
you know, maybe they're listening. Yeah, but I don't have those parents like mm-hmm. like she does. But you know what? There are some good people out there. Yeah. There are some good communities out there that we need to we need to learn that more. Yeah. And I think that's why that's why we love this podcast so much is because we really want to encourage people that it's okay to have real raw conversations, you know, and to really express how you feel. And um, I remember when Aaron asked me to be on the podcast, he said, like, are you comfortable with talking about anything? And I said, I talk about everything and anything (laughs) on my Instagram (laughs) and I show up like, you know, I haven't slept in a day because my baby's sick. I just came out of the gym. Like I show up the way I show yeah, up. I, yeah, your social media. I was checking yeah. it out. We were it's talking about that earlier. It's I so d- cool, so yeah. raw. And the reason I do that is because we live in such a curated world. We do. Yeah. The last thing a tired mom who literally does not want to wake up, they just want to sleep because they're so tired and they're so depressed. The last yeah. thing they need to see is another mom showing up on their social media looking put together, <laughs> perfect home. My life is great when you're really struggling and yeah. you're not letting them know. Yeah, yeah, I think even one of your posts uh, recently, I think I was because um, I do follow you now on social media, and then um, and I think it was I don't know if it was a story or a post where you're like, if you're like I am like I am not a fun mom or something like yeah. that. Like if you are, how do you do it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like I want to be the fun chill mom. Yeah, yeah. I was just telling Aaron, my kids are intense. <laughs> <laughs> so when we're out, I'm just like military mom. I'm barking orders at them, you know. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, how do I scale that back and just become like fun chill mom? Yeah. I, I, I think <laughs> too, like you know, we're everything you're talking about, like you know, we're starting this new year, right? Mm-hmm. And especially around this time, it's all about goals. Yeah. It's all about new resolutions. It's all about change. And it. It really isn't all about that, and I think, like I'm thinking about when you went in, when you hit rock bottom, mm-hmm. <coughs> and I think all of us hit rock bottom. Yeah, yeah. And like uh, eventually we will all hit rock bottom, and we'll find ourselves in a very black hole, but that's the biggest lesson you'll learn. Yeah. So like you, you find it humbling. Yeah. You find it comforting at the same time. But it also taught you how it kind of taught you how to make better decisions, mm-hmm. and so like I think so many times we can hustle, 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 but really I think <coughs> when it comes down to it, we need to know what's really important. Yeah, you know, and I hear this, and I'm just like I I'm so inspired by it, and yeah. I think especially when we start a year like this, um. We have all these ambitions. Mm-hmm. We have all this drive, and it's like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna lose weight. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to the gym, and I'm gonna. Uh, this is my new lifestyle. But what's your take on that? And and when it comes to goals, how has that changed <coughs> in your life? So, so I used to do that. I used to have like a vision board for like my year. Oh. this is what I'm gonna hit. This is where we're gonna go. This is just wow. insane. Okay, right? so like, was it like in super intense? Yeah, like intense. Okay, you know? and then. My poor husband. <laughs> like, I mean, you you know Johnny. Just, like, very calm, just, like, chill He's dude. an Enneagram 9, right? Yes. He's a peacemaker. <laughs> he's a peacemaker, and you you're know, a... I'm a three. three a hard three, <laughs> yeah. So, my poor husband, just, like, dragging him along. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think after going through that situation, I even remember, like, like 2022, walking into 2022 and saying like I don't have any goals like the only goals for my year are are my kids healthy 
am I moving into like a truly joyful season of life? Mm-hmm. And is my marriage healthy? Mm-hmm. Because prior to that, like we were, we I was considering divorce. I you know just all of these things yeah. that affect everything in the family dynamic. And it wasn't because oh I don't love my husband. It's just like everything was so off. Yeah. <sighs> Where and by the grace of God and my husband who's like. No, girl. Like, that's not <laughs> happening. You know? Yeah. Like, mm. Not getting rid of me. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, we're, we're not doing that. Like, yeah. we're going to work through this. Well, I have but sometimes question. you feel, yeah, but, but sometimes you feel when you're going through that journey, sometimes yeah. you, you, the only thing you can see are the problems. Yeah, oh, absolutely. You, you're like drowning. The sun bothers you. You're yeah. like, why is the sun here? Like, yeah. I don't want. It's everything frustrates you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So with that, with that being in that state, and like you're like, you know, at that point, you're thinking about divorce and things is off, and everything seems to be spinning out. And I know you're a believer. Mm -hmm. Where did, where is this? Where did this leave you with you and God? Where does God becomes in this picture? In that season, I was mad. Okay, you're I remember just like talking to God and being like, "Why am I? Th- why am I in this valley again? Like, why? Like, I did everything right. Mm-hmm. Like, I work hard. I serve. You know, just angry at God." Mm-hmm. Okay. And then I I remember one time my mom is a very wise woman and she's a believer and a prayer warrior. And I remember one time she came to me and she said, "She goes, you take care of your work and business more than you take care of your soul." Oh. Mm. Oh. And I was like. What? What you talking about, mom? Yeah. You know? That's good. Yeah. Let's talk about yeah. that. Go ahead. And I, re- and I remember sitting on that and taking that in. And yes, saying, you're right, I do. And she goes, what happens if your soul is broken and, and your body's broken? There's no business. Yeah. There's no, all of this that you want to do for your family is gone. Because you're neglecting the most important asset, which is you That's and your so soul. That's so good. Yeah. So as, as she's like anointing me with oil, you know. <laughs> oh, <laughs> praise God. Man, pr- yeah, you know what, man? Like, thank God, thank God, thank God for Veronica, yeah. man, for she's prayer, mamas, yeah. man, yeah. for yeah, because they always know what to say and how to say it in the right moment, you mm-hmm. know. And and I think sometimes, like again, I go back to that. We need to be people that know how it, whether if it's our family or other people within community. Finding a church and but really getting into community because we can't do this alone. Yeah. As much as social media tries to teach us, and I think it's becoming more of a culture. Like I, I, I don't know if you noticed that, but um, entrepreneurs more and more um, uh, something big that's uh, coming out a lot is coaching. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Mentors and coaches mm-hmm. because it's a lot of people are giving into that because they're they're starting to realize that. That it's not just about how well I can do business mm-hmm. because some people, and it sounds like you, 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 you guys were very good yeah. and very well versed in doing business, and you guys had clientele and you guys yeah. had the money flowing and you guys had everything, but there were other aspects of your life that were falling apart. Everything was falling yeah. apart. Was, you know? just, I think you're like like referring to your your basic elements of yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so like your, I I truly believe that if we're I have like this theory, and like this is why I have a faith in God and mm-hmm. Jesus. Um, I I consider myself very skeptical, and so like yeah. I like to analyze. I like to I like to look at things to make sense. Mm-hmm. But I also accept that there's some things that are not logical yeah. that are truth as well. So, yeah. uh, for example, I believe 
that walking with the Lord, there is a complete satisfaction that is beyond material, that's beyond um, anything of this world. And I can walk in the joy of the Lord. I can walk in the love of Christ. I can walk in the peace of Christ. I believe in those things. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes I found myself performing, doing, and executing and becoming successful. But those elements with God, it's not love. Yeah, I'm not at peace. Mm -hmm. I'm very pissed right now. Yeah, yeah. I've lost my dad, and I'm I'm like, and but everything is good. But over here in my heart, everything's messed up. Yeah, and I wanna I wanna crawl in the hole. Yeah, yeah. And I and I find myself just like trying to numb myself. Yeah, with whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And so I think. Like that's what I hear from you when your mom was telling me that oh advice. Yeah. I was just like, "Oh my God, that's like yes." And we live in a culture that almost that says if you're an adult, you no longer need your parents, right? Like you no longer listen to advice mm -hmm. from your parents. Mm -hmm. And I remember moving into my parents' home, and and my mom lovingly just calling me out, just being like, "Hey, the way you're talking to your husband, not okay." Hey, the way you're responding to that, you need to cool down. Oh, you know, cause the <laughs> yeah. way my depression, the the way I was depressed, I was angry. Yeah, and I didn't know it because I was like, wh when you think about postpartum depression, you think, of, oh, I don't want my baby, but all yeah. I wanted was my baby. Like, I found true joy, contentment, happiness just being snuggled in bed with my baby. Yeah, you know. But it, what it was doing exteriorly, and that's I I know like I can relate to that when when I went through. A, a very dark moment in my mm -hmm. life through with with depression you know it was there was no i i didn't know how to ex how to dig in or express or or identify the raw emotions yeah. like i didn't the only emotion i knew was anger yeah same yeah uh, that's all i knew so and it sucks because i i i feel i feel it when you're talking about this i feel it because i i it just takes me back to to that time that i went through where Man, like, you know, my wife was trying to be the most loving person. And, and I remember that, too. I remember just going and I remember thinking the same. I just I just I just want a divorce. Yeah. And not so much because the way she was treating me or anything, but it was because I just I just felt like I couldn't be around anyone, mm -hmm. you know. And and I didn't know how to I didn't know how to just stand my ground and say, I'm hurting. Yeah. Um, I feel this. I feel alone. Um, I know I'm not alone, but I feel alone. Yeah. Um, this is why I go and I do this. This is why I do this. It's not because I don't want to be around or I don't, but you know, I, and, and that's what it also seems like you were able to come to with the help of your mom mm -hmm. was to really start seeing the, how you were reacting on the outside, yeah, but how it was able to identify, yeah. okay, why are you really reacting mm -hmm. that way though? Just being called out, you know, yeah. in a very loving way because I didn't see it. Yeah. I didn't see like, hey, the way I'm talking to my husband's disrespectful. Yeah, I didn't see that, and I needed my someone to tell me like, hey. So stepping back and being like, oh, okay, I probably could have responded yeah. differently, or you know, I could have reacted to the situation with more compassion or more grace. Mm -hmm. Hey, do you do you feel like your your parental skills, like the way your mom and dad, do you feel like you're mimicking or replicating your parents? Parental skills, or do you feel like it's different? It's different. Okay. Yeah. And how so? So, and just like the backstory to this, when I was six years old, my parents took us to Honduras. 
Okay. So we're in Honduras. We're living there for a year. My parents left us there. Oh. So I woke up one morning and my parents were gone. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Um, that I think we were there for like 10 months. Those whole 10 months, I want to say probably like three, four months into that, I'm seven years old at this point, and older cousins are sexually abusing me. Oh, okay. So that just creates like this whole, like, you know, being in this situation and realizing, hey, like, I don't know how to process feelings. Right. Oh, wait. It's because I learned how to shut off, like completely shut off. Okay. You know, and and having to process that and say, I need to learn how to process another feeling other than anger. So that's all I knew how to do. Mm. Just like react, you know. Yeah, how, how long did you hold that in for? Uh, I think I told my parents about it eighth grade. Eighth uh, how grade. did they take that? Well, actually, no. When they brought me back to the U.S., I actually had to go to the doctor because I had a bad infection. Okay. And I remember my parents asking me, hey, like, and I blamed it on our babysitter. Somehow it just felt cleaner to me to blame it on a girl. Like, oh, it was, it was this girl. Wow. And we left it at that. I get to eighth grade, and they're talking about shipping him to the U.S. because he's being a troublemaker. And my, my, my parents were going to welcome him into our home. And I said, no, absolutely not. And then I, came, I told my parents what That's had happened. When finally, yeah. That's when I finally came clean. I said, no, this is why he's not a good, it's not a good idea for you. Yes. Here, you know? How did they take that? Um, I want to say my, m- my mom could relate to it, and she understood. I think my dad took it as like, it must have not been that big of a deal. It was probably something small. And he just like shut it off. Okay, even disassociated. Yeah, because we've recently had conversations about that where I'm like, no, you don't understand. Like, this wasn't a one-time thing. This wasn't like, a, oh, let me just, no, this was a big deal, and it happened many times, mm. you know, because he, he'll, like, bring him up and stuff, and I'm like, I don't, there's nothing in this world that makes me want to have a conversation about this person. Right, and is, and that's, um, and that's something so common, right, yeah. that, that, mm-hmm. Especially in Latino families. In Latino families. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it's so common for either both parents or one of the parents. It's it's it's, it's difficult to acknowledge. Mm-hmm. Would you agree? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, how it did your dad eventually... Like, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no. I was just going to say, like, how did, did your dad eventually come around to it to, to actually validate what I don't think what he has. Mm. I don't think he has. It's hard. I think it's my hard. mom has had conversations with him. And my mom and I had had very deep, intimate conversations yeah. about both of our experiences with abuse. But I think my dad just has kind of like, oh, He just yeah. couldn't accept it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, and like, and I, and you I've can't even accept that that happened to my mm-hmm. daughter. Or it happened, yeah. but you know what? Sometimes it's like we say, oh, they're little. What do they know? Yeah. It was probably not that big and of I a deal. And I hate that yeah. statement because I boil yeah. like, it. Like, no, it's not because they're little. It's they did that out of bounds you know what i mean but yeah so going back to your question i'm raising my kids to like validate their feelings Mm. because all i knew growing up was just like shutting off and i got so good at that that it was almost scary yeah where like you could tell me something and just a a wall and like i wouldn't feel anything wow you know so i'm my husband and i are working hard to raise kids who they they've gotten to experience and feel every emotion, not just one. Right. 
you know, and just like validate yeah. them and say it's okay to feel this way. Yeah, and I think I know Aaron talks a lot about that too, where, where with his kids too, right? That you know, and I think that is something that a lot of us that grew up, uh, first like you know, second generation, mm-hmm. you know, Hispanic families. I know I with my kids too. Like it's something that I'm working on. Yeah. I don't have it down, <laughs> um, but I'm definitely working on that. Where I'm, I'm allowing them, you know, to um, to ex- to freely express themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, to to r- freely. And sometimes it, it's a, it backfires on us because yeah. it's like a little bit too much where it's yeah. like, oh, my gosh, like, I don't know how to cope with this, you know. But I, I, I learned that um, from my own experience, too. But one time we were actually reading an article. I don't know if it was we were reading an article or we were it, we were listening to to a podcast, but it was talking about a child and, and, and about when um, how children when children um, tend to cry more with the parents. It was talking about that, and it was like, yeah. you know, do you ever want, you know, like, and what's one of the first things we always try to do with the kids when they're crying is, like, we try to, like, get them to be quiet. Yeah. And then, but the but this the psychologist was saying that the part of the reason why they do that or why they're whining, you know, sometimes, like, you ever see children, you know, that adolescents that they're whiny or they, they go or they, like, we in Hispanic culture, Tan chiqueados, yeah, you know, like, yeah. ¿por qué tan tan chiqueados? Why are they so spoiled? And he says that that when children are able to freely express that with the parents, it means one thing. It means that they're comfortable with that parent. They're safe. They're yeah. safe. It's a safe space. Yeah. It's we a safe space. <laughs> it, okay, yeah. that's funny that you bring that up because my son, Liam, is our most emotional child. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I remember him, he just cried and cried. And I don't know why. I have no, uh, please, like, no judgment. <laughs> I'm a changed man now. Um, <laughs> but I used to get very angry when he cried. Yeah. Yeah. I used to get, like, why are you crying? Like, okay. stop it. You yeah. know, just stop it. And then yeah, like, my wife, you. my wife mm-hmm. is like, hey, can I talk to you? Into our room. My Canadian yeah, wife Canadian. was like, um, is Let's that the talk. only way you know how to respond? Oh, game. She challenged your intelligence, yeah. bro. Gnarly challenge. It was a gnarly challenge. And I go, well, and I didn't know what to say to that. Yeah. And I go, what? And she goes, is that the only way you know how to respond to a six-year-old? Yeah. I said, well, and I didn't really, like, now I feel like if I explain myself, I'm going to lose that one. Yeah. And so I'm like, well, I don't, I have to be honest. I'm like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yeah. that's the only way I know how. Yeah. And, and she goes, "Thank you for being honest. I'm gonna show you how to like respond to your crying son." Yeah. I said, "Okay, you're going to hug him. You're gonna let him cry until he's done. And when he's done, just say, we're strong, buddy.' Yeah. Yeah. I go, "How long is that gonna take?" <laughs> yeah. And she goes, "Do you love your son?" I said, "Yes." Then you need to learn <laughs> to experience this love. Yeah. Yeah. And I now. Well, my son, my son still cries. My son is still the most emotional mm-hmm. one out of my two girls. My two girls are like, they're like me, yeah. you know. And but like now, if any of my kids cry, I'd be like, "Hey, what's wrong?" And like I was being stern the other day, and I made my oldest cry. And she's like, "What the way you're talking to me? You're so aggressive." And I'm like, <laughs> she's also a teenager now, huh? <laughs> yeah, that's, oh, that's oh, a whole man. different story. But but okay. So with that being said, like I I I wanted to ask you that question because of how you're raising your children, mm-hmm. what is your biggest principle you want to leave them with 
on this earth that you want your kids to be like, this is the principle. This is the way. It's very cliche, but I want them to know that they can do whatever they want. Like, they don't have to meet an expectation from me. My mm. love isn't conditional on their career. I have no expectations for what they do if they're happy. If you're happy and this is what you want to do. I mean, you want to be a dog groomer, it makes you happy, you can be a dog groomer. <laughs> you know, I, d I didn't grow up with that. I grew up, you're going to be a lawyer, you're going to be a doctor, you're going to be an engineer. Why? I don't know. My parents were entrepreneurs. Like, I wasn't even going to yeah. <laughs> work in that yeah. field, you know? It, it was just for them to say, like, my daughter's a doctor, my daughter's a lawyer. Right. The, the, ac yeah. the accomplishment, the yes, title. Yeah. the title. And I think because now, like, back then, entrepreneurship wasn't a thing. Mm -hmm. It was just more like, like, the, when you share the story, it was more like they just wanted to make money to yeah. feed the eight the kids. kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, just you know? to pay like, the bills, Yeah, you know? it wasn't really. And that's how, that, that's one thing that I love about here in the in the Empire, spe specifically here in San Bernardino. You know, you see that so much. You see so many immigrant immigrant families, immigrant mm -hmm. people that, and 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 I love I love to see it. Yeah. I I it stirs something up inside of me when I drive down the streets and I see a taquero. We see it in know. the car dealerships all the time. Like yeah, you see these people coming in, no English, no you know. Yeah, all of it. Th they don't have documentation, whopping out twenty thousand dollars. Yeah, here yeah, you go. Easy. I'm like, uh, how? What? You, yeah. you sell a lot this for a living? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's just like that commitment, right? Yeah. Like that yeah. drive. Like we came here to better ourselves. Yeah. And to see that happen and and then it but you know, now we have a now that entrepreneurship is is such a popular topic, yeah. you know, and a lot of people are going into that. I think twenty twenty uh was a springboard for a lot I, yeah, of new I, entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. A lot. Wow, I know it was yeah. the springboard yeah. a lot for, for, for us, for my wife and I. My wife, she's always had an entrepreneur spirit. She's she she always does things and, and she is not she's not a nine to five. Like right. under I've been able to do it and, and I don't like it, you know, but she for a fact, like she's mm -hmm. just a go getter, you oh, know, and that's, that's awesome. one thing that I love about my wife so much that she just has this positive attitude, you know, and but I love that what you're doing is because you understand both sides. You un you understand that the entrepreneurship side of it, but then you also understand the the pressures of growing up. So it just the understanding, I always say this that the experiences we go through should lead us to a place of understanding. Mm -hmm. You know, it should lead us to a place of of wisdom. You know, now it's understanding, experience put together, boom, wisdom. And now we're able to teach the 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 next generation, which is our children yeah. or people that we can are come around us that watch us, that we mentor, that might even like on social media, where we have the ability now to teach them something different. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I like that. And um I want to ask you one last question. Um, what is your biggest challenge moving forward? In, in my business. In, yeah, I would say yeah, in your business. And right. how are you? And how are you moving? What are your like? What's your strategy on on handling big challenges moving forward with your businesses? I'll talk about our Always Kind Co. business because it's the most tangible one. All the other okay. businesses we do are online, right? So okay. they don't really require a team, and it's different. The dynamics are different. But our biggest challenge right now, and I think it's a challenge that most entrepreneurs are facing and will continue to face, is just staffing. It's so small. Mm. It's staffing? so small. Yeah, just staffing. employees. 
Really? Why is that a challenge? Finding employees has been the biggest challenge. Like we pay well. Like okay. where our the our business, the way it's set up, it's meant to be a complement to whatever you're currently doing. So mm-hmm. we look for like college students, um, people who work in retail, and we complement that. We yeah. pay twenty two dollars an hour. They go they come work for us six hours, fifteen hours on the weekend and you're getting paid twenty two bucks yeah. plus gas plus meals. Wow. Yeah. And it's hard to find people who want to work. Why do you think that is? I don't know, but I just from speaking to um, other business owners, they're having the same problem. My sisters are having the same problem with their businesses. Yeah. And I think in I have a little theory for okay. that. I think the one thing that I've noticed is I think the reason why it's so challenging um, is because, well, I mean, I, maybe I don't, well, no, you live here in the IE yeah, now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, warehouses. Yeah. Yeah, where, warehouses, the way, I mean, and they have their own challenge. But a lot of these warehouses are starting to compete a lot, a lot better, a lot better. But like their pay is eighteen dollars an hour. Yeah, but you the incentives. Min- oh yeah, the incentives. The, incentives. the sign up bonuses. Yeah, yeah, yeah the mm-hmm. sign up bonuses, and then there's incentives. Like for example, I was talking to a friend who he is in that industry, and um, like his base pay is about eighteen to twenty bucks mm-hmm. an hour. Yeah. But after incentives, like if he meets a certain goal. He can be getting paid up to twenty eight dollars oh, nice. an hour. Yeah, it, it can equal up to that. Yeah. I, I still couldn't. Know, I still couldn't. The, the IE is the workho- warehouse warehouse mecca of the U.S. Yeah, I did not know oh, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. It's 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 big, but you know what? But I, the problem I see with that is, and I know we're in the middle of answering a question, but yeah, the yeah. problem that I see with that is that it's at the same time it's drowning people's dreams. Yeah, like I don't you like know that. and. Like here in San Bernardino, like that's the thing is that they, that's one of the things that I feel, and that, I know that's a whole other topic, but I feel like that's one it, of though. the things that yeah, too. that is drowning people's ability to become homeowners, mm-hmm. people's ability to start new businesses, people's ability to dream, the bigger ambition, yeah. and it's 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 creating a culture. So it's a it's a good, but the bad that I see is that. Yeah. Is that it's not establishing families, strong families here well, in that in September, yeah. you know. And I also think too, it's I, I, I don't mean to sound so like cutthroat uh, on this, but it kinda creates like a domestical domestic uh environment where it it becomes less family value mm-hmm. and it becomes more commercialized everything. Yeah. And there's no uniqueness in the city because of it. So yeah. like you go to certain cities, cities they have yeah. like mom and pop shops that are yeah. actually thriving, and yeah. I love I love local business. I'm oh, all I, up, I love local hats, and I mm-hmm. love I love wearing. I much rather wear local mm-hmm. clothes. Yeah. I much rather everything that's done locally. I love to support that because yeah. those are somebody's dreams. Those are mm-hmm. somebody's hustle. Those yeah. are somebody's sacrifices. Someone's dinner. Yeah. Right. And that's exactly. And so, um, so going back like with you like in in pursuing i really like what you said earlier about like how you pursue your goals and you really simplified Mm -hmm. yeah and it gave me vision um we started this business that we're current that we currently have johnny had covid last august so okay september okay september so i literally came up with this business in bed while i was like dealing with covid i was like well i got all this time here yeah let me come up with something you know hey some get those ideas in bed some get them in the bathroom (laughs) (laughs) my brain a high fever coming up with business ideas that's dope 
we launched the business and for two months nothing i was like dude this sounded like such a great business idea like i had everything like no one like it's not working i start tapping into my network just from working as an influencer and mm. having contacts with all of these like big companies and big brands i start messaging them and saying hey like i'm transitioning out of just being a content creator and starting this this is how i feel we can serve you mm-hmm. and boom our first job was with anthropology wow. and that just like plummeted wow like the growth has been so intense that we can't keep up that's why for us mm-hmm. finding people who can join us and work alongside of us has been the biggest challenge mm-hmm. that's amazing yeah. yeah that's that's awesome man that's and it's um it's a it's a good challenge man yeah. it's a yeah. good challenge and i and and i hope that um a lot of people can i think a lot of people are Man, this this is such an awesome episode. I, know, I, I don't honestly don't want to finish it because because <laughs> I got so much. Qu- so I have like so many so questions. Many more we questions. should definitely bring you back in. Yeah. with Johnny. Yeah. So talk about like how can so how can people connect with you? How can people? Um, I'm on social media. I'm an open book. Um, I love helping people. I don't gatekeep anything. If you want to start a business, you want to start the same business as me. I will help you. I will walk you through the process because I awesome. truly believe there's room at the table for everyone. Well, I'm my I, my wife's definitely gonna connect yeah, with you because she's yeah. actually in the process of. Well, we have a, a cafe okay, uh, a cool. ch- uh, here at the church. We have a church cafe, and uh, it's called Life Cafe, and okay. and it just serves now just for just for the so, during services yeah. and things like that. But she's definitely wanting to go mobile. Oh, cool! Yeah, and um, and sometimes I feel I feel like I don't know how to help you. Like I don't know what to do. Or, like my husband, because. Coffee, I mean, Aaron will tell you this. Coffee is our passion. Like every trip we've ever, every trip we take, it's like, how many coffee shops can we hit? Uh And the core, you know, like the core of that is community. Like how are these coffee shops creating community? Like Mm. what is the dynamic in this coffee shop? Like who are they attracting? Yeah. I I love to do that. Like I'll I'll sit at a coffee shop and be like, oh, you're attracting these kind of people. Or, you know, this is like the demographic that you're bringing in. Yeah. That's just. I'm a nerd. Yeah, that's stuff. awesome. And my yeah. husband is a designer through and through. He's an artist, so he just wants to go and see how are you designing, how are you setting up. Yeah, that's a, you guys are such a power couple. Yeah, such and a we definitely couple. need to bring you guys back in together. Yeah, yeah. there's no, there's yeah. no anything I do without Johnny. Yeah, no, I'm, for I, sure. I'm the that's dreamer. Tight. I can, I can cast vision. I can cast dream. But I literally give him, like, my four-year-old can make better drawings. I'm like, this is what I want, <laughs> you know? Yeah. How, That's how, awesome. How do you, what do you, what do you, what, what, what advice would you give? And I know maybe this would be for your, for your, for your husband too, but maybe from the wife's perspective, what advice would you give to, to a, to a family, to a couple that in that situation where, because my wife is like that. My mm-hmm. wife is the dreamer. Okay. She's the dreamer. She's the one with the positive attitude. She's the we can do it attitude. And sometimes I feel like I stop that because mm-hmm. I don't know how to. Are you the logical one? I am. Um, I'm super logical. Like I, it needs to make sense in paper. Mm. Like even the podcast, yeah. like, uh-huh. you know, like the times we sat down, like, no. you know, it's like, hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what advice would you give to as as a wife to 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 other wives yeah. or to other girlfriends, partners, you know, on how to how to work with that dynamic? OK, so if your husband is the logical one, 
And for the most part, and I think this is true for all dreamers, we're not logical people. <laughs> you know, so my husband is the youngest of the boys in his family, and both his brothers are like logical humans, excel everything. You know, <laughs> they know their car's going to need an oil change six months from now, and they budget it for that. <laughs> yeah. You know, so when they ask about business, they're like, so what? I'm like, look, this is how the way I do business. As long as I'm making more than what I'm spending, it works. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and then the math, it just boom. Boom. I will figure all the other stuff yeah. later, you know? Yeah. And what I, what I can tell women who are wanting to jump into business and who have partners who might not be very supportive, yeah, just do it. Yeah. Do it, and if they love you, they're gonna come along. Yeah, you know, and and don't take their their logic as oh you're you know you're bringing me down or you're not encouraging me. Just acknowledge that they're yeah. logical people. Do it anyway, and show them, and then that logic is gonna help them. Yeah, yeah, that's that's such great advice, and I think man, she's like talking to me directly. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> not really, I'm like, listen but up, George. Yeah, but. but Go ahead, Both go my ahead. husband and I are not logical, so we're having to hire people to do that part of our business. You know, there we yeah. go, and that's so yeah. You you will be able to provide that for her. Yeah, yeah. and I, and I have been like I've been that that person to where okay, this has to make sense. Mm -hmm. Like we've done um, remodeling in the home, we've yeah. done like you know a rental rental thing that we we got into too, and and so it was it, it that was a difficult dynamic for us yeah. to to adjust because I would. I'd be like, you know, she would come and she would just, and I'd say, and we finally, one time, finally, we had an open and honest conversation. We had an offbeat conversation. Yeah, yeah. And I told her, and it was in 2020, and I said, look, okay, I know the way that I come off is, is so let's try to understand something. And I remember I told her, I said, look, this is all I'm asking for. If you were to simply approach me in a way where, look, at not everything has to be figured out, but at least something that I can, that's tangible, that I can hold on to, and from there, I can take the rest. Let me, let me speak for your <laughs> wife on this. Let me speak for your wife on this one. <laughs> She's like, go ahead. When you are in that dreamer, like visionary, I have idea mode, yeah. everything that you're asking for <laughs> is literally like, you're trying to pull nails, you know? It's like, yeah. it's not going to happen. Uh, yeah. I've got, like, we're driven by, like, the magic and the dream. And once yeah. we're in it, it's like, all right, I got to hunker down and take care yeah. of everything else, right? Because yeah. this business has to operate legally. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, but when you're asking, it's like, it's like you're pumped to go to a concert. Yeah. And your parents are like, well, who's going to be there? And what are you guys going to be doing? Are you going to the Debbie all Downers, the details, right? All concert, the concert starts at 7, but you got to be back by 9. Yeah. You're like, no, mom. <laughs> no. Like, so, so it's like the Debbie Downer in you. Yeah. Like yeah. you're not trying to be, right? You're yeah. just trying to be logical. Yeah. You know, it's funny that you say that because I'm a I'm an Indian 7. So I'm an enthusiast. I, I'm a dreamer. I love. Yeah. But. Like, as logical as I can be, I'm very logical in my faith, but when it comes to, like, venturing Avengers, and I love to, like, I'm, my wife is the string to my balloon. Mm. I'm literally the balloon, and, like, she, she doesn't let me go too far off. And I think that's, like, the compliment of yeah. knowing how to respect each other's rules mm -hmm. yeah. each other. And, like, I, I know the things I want to go after is like it's like a lot what you're saying it's yeah. very magical and it's this mm -hmm. but then once somebody starts talking about details i'm just like you don't want to do yeah. it because they just stole away like that magic yeah, yeah you're like, like oh late. 
Yeah. yeah. You know, and it just, but yeah, that's <laughs> such a, but it is an actual thing. Yeah. yeah. I, it, I, it's I a high, honestly. It, yeah. No, and I, and, and I see that, you know, and, and now that you explain that, mm-hmm. you know, I think, um, and it, it's so good. And I, and of course I do ask it for myself, but I know that there are a lot of couples out there, yeah. you know, where one or the other, they're sitting on a dream. Yeah. You know, they're sitting on something that. Just go for it. A side hustle. Just yeah, do it. Just go for yeah. it. Just and go for it. And this comes from my parents again. My parents are always like, we didn't speak the language. We didn't have money. Come and on. we just went for it. Yeah. Yep. The lessons that you're going to learn, even in failure, are worth more than what you're going to learn in college. Mm. And they're cheaper than what you're going to pay at college. Yeah. That's right. You know, because if I tell you, like, <laughs> how much money I paid for a Cal State education, you're gonna be like, dude, that's <laughs> Cal Poly. That's how much money you paid. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And the experiences and the knowledge that I gained from just, like, doing something and failing. Yeah. Huge. Like, I, I just had to scale back on one of our businesses. And it's a learning lesson and being like, okay, I can't do it all. And I can't fully execute and like drive growth in businesses if I'm trying to do multiple things at once. So I had to look at, okay, this business is creating more revenue for us. And at the end of the day, even though it's a service, it requires less from me than providing a product, which is what my other business is. Yeah. So I had to scale back. And say, hey, like, I will no longer be shipping. Like, this is going to remain just for, like, locals and for wholesale accounts. Wow. Gotcha. And it killed me because a lot yeah. of my business comes from my social media followers, and they're everywhere. Yeah. You know? And that's – and that I, lo- I, I really like how you touched on that, too, because we were having a conversation um, with my wife and then another friend also where um, it – it's one thing when you say I need to scale back or I need to give something up when you're doing absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. When let's say, you know, you're, you know, and I think that in Hispanic culture, we're, we're taught that a lot. Like, Hey, go clean your room, you know? Yeah. And then we're watching TV like, yeah. Hey, stop being lazy or, you know, like stop doing this. You know what I mean? No seas flojo, right? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like go do this. I told you to go do this. And so we kind of carry that into our adult life where, if we stop doing something, it automatically translates into we're being lazy or we're giving up. Okay, I have a funny Let's story go. for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I did a TikTok video that went viral on this. And I had um, another account on Instagram reposted it. Okay. It's called Being Latino. Okay. And it's literally just me. It's a video of me saying it's the kitchen behind me and there's uh-huh. ki- um, dishes in the back. And I said, why did it take me till my 30s? to learn how to do this and I'm sitting down drinking coffee and the dishes are behind me. So pretty much saying like I can sit down and I can enjoy this coffee and those dishes are there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, perfectly yeah. fine. And it's okay. Okay, like there's a saying in Spanish, esos platos no se van a lavar a solos. solos. Yeah, you know, or like cómo vas a descansar con la casa sucia, yeah. you know? And so like we've translated that mm-hmm. so much and cuz we're talking about that. We're talking about and uh, you want to translate that for our nuns? Oh, the, oh, the, the, oh, what is it? Uh, what did nuns. we say? Oh, the dishes are going to wash themselves. Or how are you going to relax with a dirty house? Yeah. And it's I got so, roasted on that page. And uh, <laughs> and what's so funny is that, you know, we've translated that into our adulthood, many of us. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it sometimes makes us hard. Sometimes we can carry so much on our plate. We can carry so much in our businesses and what we're doing with school, with entrepreneurship, even ministry. And sometimes we're afraid. Mm-hmm. We're afraid to say, you know what? I, I'm going to have to say no to this. 
because I need to maximize this. And I and I was telling my wife and I were ta- we're having a conversation and I said, I said, and I had to tell her something. I said, you know what? Like, I don't honestly. I want to encourage you because I don't ever want you to say that you're giving something up or you're quitting. Yeah. You know, I said because first of all, you know, you're a great mom. You know, I said, you know, I remember that day. It was a. It was like um, she. It was a Saturday. And that Saturday, she got up early to come to worship practice. Mm-hmm. She did an hour of worship practice. She went back home and to help me. I'm over there. You know, I got I just have the two boys at that yeah. moment, you know, and my son has a football game. So I get up. I'm getting ready. She comes back to the house. She didn't have to, but she comes back to the house to help me get the boys ready. She then right away leaves because she has a photo shoot. Mm. She goes, does her photo shoot. Is she a photographer? Yeah. Oh, cool. She does her photo shoot, and then she goes and she meets us at my son's football game. And I told her, babe, I only had to do one thing, and I was going crazy. (laughs) I said, look at what you do. I said, don't ever think that. You know, and I think that's such a message to moms. Yeah. We live in a culture where moms are expected to be everything while looking like we're not doing anything. But if you're not doing anything, God forbid, you're no longer a good mother. Mm. So it's just so it, it almost sounds like you're saying that we need a lot of grace. Oh yeah, and there, I think we should be learning about that grace, get extending grace mm-hmm. to our wives. Yeah, you know, and and husbands, husbands as well, husbands of course. It's just our partners. And, yeah, and and you know, within the relationships, and I think that's important. Um, I think it's important because our our kids need to witness that. Yeah. And our kids need to say, hey, it's okay. We'll g- cleaning time will be in, in an hour. Yeah. yeah. It's okay. Let's yeah. just finish the show. No, yeah. you need to clean now. Yeah. And, and that's, that's how it that's is. That's how we grew up. Yeah. So it's safe yeah. to say that most Latinos are highly attached to what they do. Oh, 100%. Right? Yeah. It wasn't a successful day if I didn't tackle all of this. Yeah. yeah. So and it's I just our culture. And, yes. I think that comes and, and I think that comes a lot from... Um, because your, your family back in Honduras, they mm-hmm. were cattle, right, yeah, yeah. milk, mm-hmm. dairy, and all that. And I think, like, my family, for example, too, like, they come from the fields. Mm-hmm. And so it really was, if we don't if we don't get this right, we're not going to eat. Yeah. yeah. You know, it really it really did come down to a lot. It and was I think all about survival. Yeah. I know. it. Even with my parents' success, sometimes they look at how much I'm getting paid for, like, an Instagram reel. And they're just like, what? Like. <laughs> Esta mensada. So I have a question. <laughs> what would you like to tell? Because um, not everybody's an entrepreneur mm-hmm. in our audience and our listeners. Yeah. But uh, this is a a story. Your story, where you come from, and this is this is your journey, your yeah. personal journey. Yeah. But you off you obviously have a lot to offer in on a on a fundamental principles that you learn from life, what would be your message to our audience um, as moving forward and with encouragement and inspiration and people being like, listen, say, you know what, I, I, I needed to hear that. Yeah. What would you want to tell them? And if you want, go ahead and look so over there and speak in, so speak your heart. We won't okay. interrupt you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is not to over-spiritualize anything because mm-hmm. I'm not that type of person, but it doesn't matter, and this is what I've learned in the last couple of years. It doesn't matter what season of life you're in. 
there's always one truth. And you, it doesn't matter how dark the day feels. It doesn't matter how impossible the task seems. God is good. Like, you just hold on to that. And it doesn't matter. You can tackle on anything if you hold on to that truth. Like, wow. hey, even when I feel like this, God is good. Even when the world is telling me that I'm failing, God is good. Right. Even when I'm kicking myself for being a terrible mom, you know, because the world likes to tell us that we're terrible moms, God is good. And you hold on to that, and slowly you, st you, st you start shedding the world's expectations of you. And you suddenly become this kind of person who truly does not care. I truly do not care people's opinions of me because I know who I, I am in, in God. I know that if I'm strained, I have family to be like, hey, get back in line, yeah. you know? So I lived my whole life with people's expectations. People, what are people going to think? What are people going to say? How, how, how are people going to perceive me? Are they going to think I'm friendly? Just imagine living with that in your head all the time. And then coming to this place where like, God's good and none of that matters. And people's expectations of me are not my problem. That's an expectation that they set for themselves. Let's go. That's so good. And for those that are waiting to start that business, what do you say? Just do it. Just, Just do, do it. it. Just do Just it. Do if it. I could go back and, you know, started this business, because my husband and I, the goal was to own a coffee shop. But with three kids, it's just it's not going to happen anytime right. soon. If someone would have told me that this little idea was going to hit six figures, seven months into business of not just revenue, but profit, I would have been like, no way. Mm. No way. Wow. You know, like our forecast for next year is double that. Let's go. You wow. know, so just do That's it because awesome. you don't know. It you might, know. you might not get there, but you might, but yeah. you I won't know unless you do it. We're living in a time where this is, this is the, the peak if you th if you step yeah. out, yeah. especially in our economy right now. So we yeah. all want it. Yeah. We, uh, I think our society wants new, uh, new businesses mm -hmm. that are unique. Yeah. And I, I'm noticing that more and more that unique businesses, coffee shops, and all those things yeah. are really thriving right now. Yeah. Especially 100%. like uh, local Clothing. clothes and all that. Oh, dude. So you, I will be your first. Yeah. I, I listen to Gary V. Oh, yeah. Gary V. Yeah. Gary fan. I love him. Love I'm him, a dude. huge yeah. Gary fan. Yeah. Yeah. He's talking about this, saying how. All of these things that are consider, considered a small luxury are doing really well. Mm -hmm. um, coffee shops are reporting, you know, amazing sales. Yeah. Lipsticks have, like, their sales better than they've ever been. Wow. And the reason is because we all we hear is the economy's not doing well. There's inflation. So how do we hold on to a little bit of luxury? You buy something that isn't that expensive. You go and buy a $5 cup of coffee. You go and buy a $7 tube of lipstick. And you hold on to a little bit of luxury. Yeah. And if and Gary Vee said it, it's true. Yeah. And you know, <laughs> and that's so true because that's what a lot of people are doing. Like, that's how I buy. Yeah. I buy like, a like, you know, people might look at the way I dress and stuff. And, and but I don't buy expensive stuff, yeah. like even jewelry and stuff like that. Like, I don't buy and I buy from small businesses, yeah. my clothing, a lot of stuff like that, because I like to support it. I like how it looks. Yeah. And like you said, it's that it's. For me, it's that little bit of luxury to yeah, say, yeah. "Hey, I have something of value for mm -hmm. me." Yeah, you know. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a person when I see traveling. One of the things I love traveling, um, the thing I've learned and I've cherished is, I like to put um, another country business mm -hmm. in my life. 
Cool. Yeah. So um, I I love local business. I appreciate local craft. Yeah. And I appreciate people's. You know, again, like that's what I love about people who step out. I will always support that Same. because I know what it's Same. like to step out from your village. Yeah. And you're like, I'm doing something outside of the norm. Yeah. I always want to be someone's yes. Yes. Someone's no, because they're gonna yeah. hear no so many times. Yeah. So. You know, and just like the season that I'm in and the age group, like network marketing, mm. women, do, I'm like, I'll be your yes girl. Yes, I'm <laughs> I don't need, I'm not even yeah. going to use this, but I'm going to okay, buy that's it. Okay, funny that you say that because I just got done teaching a class on Sunday. We have like a, a Sunday ministry school. And one of the, that was one of my things, like, just go and do it. Yeah. Just if you, if God puts something on your heart and you have this desire. Yeah. And, and if anybody tells you no, I promise you, come talk to me and I will yeah. be your lawyer. Yes. And <laughs> I will protect you. If anybody says no, you cannot yeah. do it, I will make sure you do yeah. it. Yeah. And I always want to be not just a cheerleader, but I want to be able to help you start up mm-hmm. and go yeah. do it. You know? I, I always tell my husband, if being a professional hyper was a job, I'd be the person. <laughs> yeah, I, I let's go. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's cool. Yeah. And, yeah. and Cynthia, thank you so much no, for saying yes to us, for saying yes to Aaron, yeah. and for agreeing to be on here, man. I love, 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 love this story. And I know it's going to resonate and be able, so many people are going to relate to this. And um, your Instagram username. At in honor of motherhood. In honor of motherhood. And yeah. we're going to put all your links yeah. and your different uh, businesses um, right there in our YouTube bio. And once again, we just want to thank everyone. Thanks, Aaron. Thank you, yeah. Cynthia. Thank, thank you, you to guys. our audience for listening to us, for supporting us. Thank you for liking and for subscribing to our YouTube channel. We appreciate that so much. The feedback that we're getting through social media, through Instagram, and everything, all the love uh, that we're receiving, and and we want you to, um, if if you're if you're watching us, and regardless of where you're watching us, comment, comment if you have an offbeat story as well. If you have a story to tell, comment that, and um, or even if you're in the local area right here in the IE, and you say, man, I have an offbeat story, and I want to share it. Let's connect. Let's network. Message us. We're gonna have all our social medias there. Cynthia's social medias on there as well. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Once again, this was Off Beat Podcast. Happy 2023. Let's go.